episode of the Perfect Part Podcast. In today's episode, I am joined by sports psychologist and author Brett McCabe. Brett, thanks for being with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to chat, you know, chat about some fun stuff and go from there. Yeah. So for the people who might not know who you are, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a uh, clinical and sports psychologist, and what that means is that I am trained and and focus on dealing with the player's performance. And I do that by focusing on the way that people think, the way that they plan, the way they prepare, and and really help them manage the ups and the downs. And, um, you know, it's it's a fun thing to, um, uh, you know, be, be in that situation where you're helping and being a part of people's um, identity and their life. And that's at every level. That's PGA Tour players. It's also NFL players, uh, college athletes, you name it. And that's the fun thing. I, it, it's it's really a great job that I have. And, and you know, you, you sit there and you look back sometimes and you pinch yourself that you're walking fairways or at, you know, places like that. I mean, it's really crazy. So, yeah. So, so, so what really led you to uh, being a sports psychologist? You know, I, um, so I, I was a baseball player in college. I played at LSU and, and I didn't, I'm not going to say that I was the most psych guy there was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those guys that were like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. You know, I love psychology. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, probably early on in my career as a baseball player at LSU, I, I needed it, but I just didn't know I just didn't understand it. Um, yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't until I got hurt where I kind of lost my essence of who I was as a player um, um, you know, but, it, but, but that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I focused on and learning how to focus on the way I think and the way that I, that was, uh, that, that's how I found my separation from players. And I wasn't as good as I was before I got hurt. I can promise you that, mm-hmm. but I got better. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, well- that's kind of that's kind of funny uh, because you know, come, growing up in in golf, uh, you know, I was always told by people that golf is so much mental, and mm-hmm. you know, I believe them somewhat, but at the same time, I was like, well, it's not really. Uh, and then last year, I faced a uh, psoas injury that put me out for like eight weeks, yep. uh, and so it, it allowed me to kind of look a little bit more into the mental side of golf and kind of analyze my past performance. And it really helped uh, open my eyes on how much my mental game was really holding me back, which it still is. And that's what I've spent 85% of my off season working on. Uh, so that the injury really does, it did open up my eyes. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the things for your listeners to understand, and it's a great question. It's a great point too, is, you know, when, when we're playing really well, our mental game tends to work, right? It just, mm-hmm. We don't really know. It's kind of like the air in our tires. We really don't know there's an issue until there's an issue. And the 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 thing that's interesting is that when we are struggling, we often want to jump in there and start working on our middle game. But the most important aspect of our middle game is is having a belief in ourselves. If you can believe in who you are, and you can believe you can handle the issues that are in front of you, and you can handle the struggles, and you can handle the joy, and you can handle the difficulties, you'll be good. It doesn't mean you're going to play great, and that's at every sport. And sometimes, you know, you you start building belief before you start playing good. But what's interesting is that until you have to, 
really work on that mental game. You don't really know what needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard thing because, you know, prior to that, it just seems second nature. Like it's so easy. It's easy to focus. It's easy to, you know, when you're really confident, let's say in golf and you make a mistake, you don't really worry about it that much, but goodness gracious, if you're, <laughs> if you're right. struggling, it's all of a sudden it's life or death, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm never going to play good again. And you want to leave the tournament and you, you don't want to, but when you're playing good, it's like, I just had a bad day. Like you don't take it personally. And Mm so, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people say, just have fun with the game. Well, bad golf or bad play is not fun. Right. You know, I don't care what anyone says. That ain't fun. So what what we have to do is learn is like, look, let's get a process in place that allows us to to train. But most golfers train to fix problems. They don't train to get better. So let me me give you an example. All right. So if we went to your high school's football team practice, um, or we went to University of Alabama, where I'm a sports psychologist and, and consult with the athletic department there. If if I went over there and I said, hey, how does the football team practice? You know, they're not out there perfecting their technique, hoping that tomorrow their technique is going to be perfect. They go out there and they practice hard to prepare for what they don't know, to be able to adapt and adjust to the opponent, to do their job to their best of their ability, and to sustain and withstand the competition. Golfers go out there thinking that tomorrow is going to be the greatest day they've ever had in their life and that they're found the, the stuff that they've done, they're going to feel just as good as they did on the second hour of being on the range. It's backwards. So I want my golfers to instead go, I'm prepared for anything. I know I can hit shots. I know I can do things. I know I can train. I know I can compete. I know I can grind. And the days that it's easy, it's super easy. The days that it's hard, we get it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that kind of leads me into one of my first points with golf is uh, how do you, a lot of people talk about, you know, hitting it really well on the range. How do you really take that range game to the course? You know, you never really do. How about that answer? That's, that's a new one. The range and the golf course are two different places. You know, when you, if you, you drive now, right? Uh, I do not. Okay. So you're learning to drive in your neighborhood. You're learning to drive. You're going to learn to drive in parking lots. You're going to learn to drive in certain spots, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we don't throw you out in the middle of the road and say, "Go get it, go go get on the busiest Nashville interstate possible." Right. You're not prepared for it. You're going to feel different. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You've got the skills. You got the tools. But the chaos picked up a lot more. The interference picked up a whole lot more. Well, golfers think, "Well, I'm on the range." I can control everything I'm doing. It should feel the same. And when I get out there and it doesn't, they get mad and frustrated and angry and whatever. And they're just, they're just, you know, so mad they're spitting nails, right? Mm-hmm. And they're mad at themselves. They're mad at their coach. They're mad at the game. They're mad at all that versus going, wait, the next time I'm up here, it's different. The next time I'm in the competition, it's unique. It's a challenge. It's different. It's not the same thing. So don't think it's, the, it's always the same. Instead, embrace the difference, embrace the challenge, embrace the uniqueness of it and look at it differently and say, okay, I know I've got certain skills that allow me to be successful. Sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got certain skills. I've got a purpose. I got a plan. I know what I want to do. Then let's do that. Let's go out there with that attitude of executing time and time again. Let's not get caught up in trying to execute exactly like we think we should just because we did it on the range. Except that it's different. It's always different. 
And yeah. and being adaptable is what's important. Now we have a process, but I'm going to go play golf tomorrow. I haven't hit balls in a week. I'm going to actually put in a new set of clubs, a new set of irons. I'm pretty pumped about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and But I know also that I don't want to say it's bad or it's anything else. It's it's I'm going to go out there and try to give it my best. I know that the clubs are going to feel a little bit different. I'm going to have to get a little used to that. So I'm, I may get on the range a little bit earlier than normal. But I usually don't take a whole lot of time on the range because I don't want to spend time trying to groove a swing. I know what I can do. I know early in a round, I'm probably going to hit a little cut with my driver. And as I loosen up during the day, I'm, and I don't mean loosen up like body loosen up. I mean like loosening, loosening up with like um, the flow of the round. I'm going to start hitting draws. So I don't sit there and go, oh my gosh, why am I hitting a cut? Like I kind of know my game. Yeah. Um, early, I, you know, early in the round, I probably will choke down a little bit more on a club. Later in the round, I don't want to choke down on clubs. I want to hit a, a club harder. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's to me what's important. Yeah. Well, adaptability, I think, is just as much a skill as actually swinging the golf club. Uh, at least it was for it is for me. Uh, how do you develop that skill? That's a great question. So adaptability, what we also would call like flexibility, mental flexibility, um, the ability to kind of adapt. The first thing you have to realize is that it's never personal and nobody really cares what you shoot. Seriously. I don't mean to like hurt your feelings, Mm -hmm. but when you've played great, you don't worry about the guy who had a terrible day. You, you think about how they acted, but you don't really think like, oh my gosh, that's the worst player to ever play the game. Even though that's kind of what we think, right? Right. You know? So adaptability is, is is saying I'm capable of doing anything. Like if it's pouring down rain, what do you do? You get an umbrella. Okay. Right. It's not like, oh my gosh, I got the worst look in the world. It's raining. Okay. But that's what we do in golf, right? Oh my gosh. Of course. I, I suck at this. God, why can't why can't I ever do it? So the biggest problem with not being flexible is that we start judging ourselves. So if you hit a shot. And, you know, it, it goes in the water. Oh, sucks. Terrible. It's in the water. You, you should have a, an emotional reaction. Probably being pretty ticked off. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But when, if you go, God, you idiot, you always hit it in the water. Why can't you? That, that's really not about the water anymore. See, that's, right. that's using the water and that shot to attack yourself. That's not flexible. Flexibility is, gosh, that sucked. Okay, um, I gotta go hit the next shot. Like, I mean, this sucks. I mean, that's fine to say that. Like, I I tell all my players, look, if it sucks, it sucks. I, that's data, right? Yeah. And and I don't think that's bad. That's data. Data is it sucked. Sorry, mm-hmm. no offense, it sucked. But and and I may be having a tough day, and I may say, man, am I having a tough day? Okay, mm-hmm. fine, fine. I'm having right. a tough day. So what? Like that's data too. Not why do I always have a tough day? Why do I always suck? Why do I always screw this up? Why can't I get it done? Why do I choke? You know, things like that. That's judgment. And, and I think it's important to us, um, important, you know, for us to realize that the difficulty of the game is really high. We, we, the game makes you think it's really simple. The game is really hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we want to think that it's easy because the days that it's easy, it's super easy, but it's not that easy. 
stop thinking it's that easy. Right. Yeah. Well, I definitely, I mean, I think that having, having the adaptability also allows you to, like you said, kind of focus more on the next shot. Um, would you say there's anything else that goes into being able to hit a second shot, no matter what your first shot was? Is that strictly adaptability or is there another? Some of that, but you know what? We're not going to get rid of the anger that we feel, right? Right. I mean, we're just not like people will say, you know, it's wrong for me to have, um, you know, it's hard for me to, 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 you know, it stinks that I'm having, um, you know, negative thoughts. Uh, okay. Um, negative thoughts happen all the time. Right. I mean, literally all the time. And the closer you are to success, the more the negative thoughts increase. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the other factor of it is that we have to be aware that when we make a mistake, we're allowed to be emotional. Let's just not attack ourselves. So look at it as a challenge. Like how good can I be after I've made a mistake? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I mean, like, like you said, a lot of people will uh, kind of attempt to eliminate all negativity and um, that just, that just won't work. Yeah. So another big problem for a lot of golfers, I think every golfer uh, is uh, nerves, especially on the first tee. How do you help to manage those? To manage the nerves, to manage to manage the nerves. Uh, I mean, because personally, I don't think you'll ever get rid of the first. No, time. you never will. And the only way that you really ever get rid of nerves is that you do it so many times that it feels normal. But the thing about nerves, nerves are your body's response to uncertainty. Okay, it's adrenaline. But what happens is the adrenaline that we feel, um, you know, the adrenaline and the the that response when, when our mind feels uncomfortable with it or, or can see the uncom- the discomfort of what's in front of it. Like, Oh my gosh, this is a really tough one right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, you're not ready. You know, you've been blocking that shot or oh, I hope I don't have a short putt to have to deal with. Right. Um, stuff like that. Um, you know, it, what happens is then it, it's kind of like when you're studying for a test, Right. And mm-hmm. the test, and, and you look at the test, and you look at the test data, and you're sitting there thinking the night before, and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to study this. Oh my gosh. And you just kind of like panic, right? Mm-hmm. How about if you just told yourself, you know what? I'm ready. I've done the work. I'm prepared. I will adapt to anything that's in front of me, and I'll figure out a way. Nerves are normal. It's just your body's way of responding. Yeah. So- I mean, I guess that kind of ties into one of the first things you said earlier, which is just know your tendencies. Is there really any good way to know that other than just doing it enough time to know them? No. I mean, you can study, but you got to learn to use every scenario you're in. Seriously. Every challenge you're in, every competition you're in to learn something about yourself. And a lot of times we don't want to do that, right? We want to judge. We want to Oh, it's terrible. Look, one of the things about golf that people don't understand is that a PGA Tour player wins 80% of their money in five events of their year. Wow. Okay. Now, 80% of their money in five events. Right. They play on average 25 to 30 events. So what does that tell you? 
they have a lot of bad rounds to have a good round. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are days that they're working through. As we're recording this last week at the LA Open, you know, the Riviera, the tournament there, mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau all missed the cut, and they weren't even close. Right. Now, they may not play well in the next tournament they play. They may be in between swings. They may be feeling a certain thing, but it comes. And the best is one of my players on the PGA Tour has said numerous times, um, he said, one of the best pieces of advice I could ever get give a player is first, um, you know, chip into the wind always. So if you're going to leave a ball on a green, you know, if you're going to miss a green, always look and see where the wind is. So if you're attacking a pin, sometimes long is not bad. Depends on what's mm-hmm. back there, but chipping into the wind always helps. So it helps determine like selection into a hole. But the other thing too is don't make your peaks, you know, the peaks and valleys, don't make the peaks so high and think you're so great because you'll just get humbled. But when you're in the valley, don't take it so personally. And I think that's important because for junior golfers even, right, all of us, we, we struggle. And, you know, when I go play and pe- everybody in my group knows what I do and they we have a good time with it and we always tease each other and we play. And But what happens is people people will look at it and, and we'll laugh about, well, how did you play? People say, well, you know, today wasn't very good. Uh, oh, it was awful. It was this. And what I found that the vast majority of people, if you ask them how they play, they always tell you they, they suck. Today right. wasn't good. Oh, if I could have just driven the ball better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I could have just driven the ball better, I was going to play better. If I could have just, you know, man, I had five three putts. Well, you may have had five three putts because your ball striking was so bad. Um, You know, and, and, right. and, and that's okay. Look, the game is hard. I, I, I can't stress that enough for people. The game is hard. We've got to start looking at the game of golf as if it's a um, – an obstacle course. You're going out on that obstacle course. You don't know how it's going to go. In fact, I use it a lot of times when I'm with youth players, as I'll say, think about it like, you know, you're watching that show Wipeout. Have you seen that show Wipeout? Mm-hmm. That's what golf is. You're walking down the fairway. You think you're playing good. And all of a sudden what happens? Boom. A trap door comes out and gets you, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, what happened? Well, what happens? That usually happens when we're playing good something bad happens. When we're playing bad, we tend to start searching and looking and trying to find. I had one of my players who's playing very well this week in a tournament. He was just texting me while we were talking. That's what the noise was in the background is we have a goal this week. We're going to be a hundred percent intentional on every shot we hit. Mm -hmm. Don't care what we shoot. Now we do care. Okay. (laughs) But we're going to, we're going to go into it with the attitude of if I'm a hundred percent intentional, if I have a plan and a purpose and I'm fully locked into it, Mm-hmm. What I've found with this player is he doesn't struggle. Yeah. Well, you talked about kind of um, an- analyzing analyzing around, you know, having the data. You can, of course, track greens and regulation drives and regulation drives in yep. fairway, whatever. Uh, is there a certain aspect or certain things you can measure after a round of golf mid? mental game wise is there very difficult very very difficult but i will say this the best thing that i have found for a player to do is to evaluate their mental game on a scale of one to 100 okay um and just say where was i today that that tends to be the best evaluate evaluation tool um that tends to be the best um you know 
it, without making it too complicated. I, I've been approached by many companies that try to get me to to evaluate certain like skills and and rate every shot and all that. I just find it's really difficult. I find that what's the best thing to do is look. How did you do today? How was your focus? Um, you know what 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 were you good at today? And so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have my players write down three things that they did well today, three things they didn't do well, and three things they're going to do to to get better. That's it. Yeah. And if you can do those three things and you can identify those three things, ah, see, it, it, I'm going to say it's easy, but it's easier. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the, the mental game is our golf mental game is kind of constant, right? You want to have it every single round you play, but we all have those, or at least people who are playing competitively, junior golfers have those events that they look forward to, want to do well in. Is there any certain type of uh, mental preparation you can do for a certain tournament? I think going into an event, you can look at it and break down some strategy. Sure. You can visualize yourself. I like people to visualize how they're walking, how they're how they're maneuvering around the the program, you know, how they're they're maneuvering around the uh the the ball yard or the whatever we're doing. Um I think also I think it's really cool for people to to have a frame of mind going into the you know into the round and say, look, you know, if I'm feeling really good, I gotta be really disciplined. I gotta keep my expectations low. Um I can't get ahead of myself. I can't um, try to think I'm going to go out there and shoot 64 in the first round. Um, and particularly if I really, really like an event and I really like a golf course, it's easy to get ahead of ourselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think you gotta, you gotta be honest with yourself and say, I'm going to follow my game plan. It could be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat appropriately. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do some things like that that are really helpful. Those help. So it's all, you know, little things like that going in. It's the same thing that I tell my players that are going into play a national title game or something like that, right? Um, look, you know it's going to be tough. You know it's going to be difficult. You know it's going to be a challenge. But are you ready? And if you can go to the ballpark, if you can go to the field, if you can go to the um, first tee with that attitude, then you can be successful. If you if you look at it and like, I don't know if I can deal with this. It's got to go my way to be good. We're not ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of golfers, uh, I mean, good and bad, they always can leave a some strokes out, strokes out there, some simple sure. mistakes that uh, shouldn't have been made. Is there something you can do from the mental side of things to help limit those? Uh, to to not make mistakes. To limit the uh, the simple mistakes. <laughs> that would be easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, really, the best thing that we can do is is to focus on trying to be as intentional as we can. I think simple mistakes usually come down to most players will say, you know, I should have been a little bit better. I should have been a little bit more in game, in you know, intentional to what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Most of my experiences, you know, like people who make mistakes, I can handle making a mistake if I did everything I was wanting to do and I just screwed up. There are five ways to look at a bad outcome. All right. First one is bad preparation. And most of the time we're not unprepared. Um, but I want to look at the five, those five ways. So sometimes we just look, you know, we just got went through a situation, right. Where, um, you know, we had a lot of snow and one of my players texted me yesterday at the LPGA event and said, 
my gosh, my chipping was terrible. And I said, and she was all upset. And I said, you know what? This time last week, you were boiling water. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. Yeah. Sometimes our preparation beats us. Right. Okay. And we don't want it to, but sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's the second one is strategy. Sometimes it's strategy. Strategy is tough because sometimes we, we either are not aggressive enough. Uh, we're too aggressive. Sometimes we play too, too soft. Sometimes we play too, uh, um, passive. Sometimes, you know, we get too aggressive at the wrong time. Sometimes we're not going to the fat part of the greens. So strategy, we always have to look at. Sometimes the third one is that we're, we just had bad execution. Okay. We're not machines. Yeah. Right. You know, we, we can do everything that we want to do, but we just sometimes don't do a good job of it. The third, the fourth one is bad mental focus. And a lot of people want to pile on that one, but the bad mental focus side of things is, you know, there are times that we, you know, we just didn't let go of the past or it was really tough. You know, sometimes we play with a player who really drives us crazy, right? Yeah. They just, oh, I just don't like them. And there are players on tour that they, you know, they, they'll call me and say, oh, I got paired with so-and-so. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know. What, what's our game plan? Uh, I said, you know, you, you can't get mad and argue about it. It's what they did. Oh, I think it's kind of funny that they did. Oh, I know they did. I know. But you know what? Guess what? Just play your game. Have a conversation. And so then I'll call the caddy and say, hey, look, let's make sure we have some really good conversations tomorrow. And then other times they play with somebody they love, right? And they lose their focus. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's all the above. And then the last one is bad luck. Sometimes we just have bad luck. You know, I don't, I don't want everyone to go, oh, I'm, I'm the most unlucky player in the world because then you'll be the most unlucky player in the world. But I want you to understand that sometimes you do everything right. You hit a good shot. And some days the ball barely carries over the bunker and rolls up to the hole. And other days it hits there and it bounces in the bunker right up underneath the lip. Right. So sometimes it's just a little bit less. Yeah. So a lot of mental coaches uh, tend to focus or, or put a lot of value on the pre-shot routine. Sure. What What is your opinion on that? I like pre-shot routines. I think they're great. Uh, you know, um, the the I only ask one or two things. I don't care what you do in your pre-shot routine. I don't think it has to be a certain way. Um, I want you to be an athlete. I want you to be an, make an athletic move and free yourself up and go get it done. What I don't want you to do is step up and think that the routine makes you hit good shots. Routine doesn't make you hit anything, right? I mean, the routine is just, I want the routine not to be a dance routine. I want it to be a routine that is normal. The two things that tend to, I see a player not do is they, I don't see them um, identify and connect to what their intention is. I I brought that up a couple of times. And second thing is I see them, they, uh, they get moving too fast. So I don't want a player to try to slow down. I, I think trying to tell somebody to slow down is a bad move because that creates tension. What I'd rather you do is say, okay, I know I'm a little more jazzed up and jacked up. Sweet. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just let's not be in a hurry to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's what's helping. Yeah. Well, I know you've worked with a lot of PGA, LPGA, Corn Ferry, all those, uh, worked on all those tours. Uh, what is one quality you see 
that sets apart elite golfers, elite junior golfers, elite amateur golfers, and the professionals. Elite golfers, the best, are stubborn. Okay, they're stubborn to their beliefs. They know they can succeed, and they keep and they keep showing up every day. Um, I think that is one of the biggest uh, factors. Really, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I think the best also don't compound errors. Okay. So the best, you know, show up and they know it's tough. They show up and they may, they may hit it in the, in the water, right? Nobody wants mm-hmm. to hit it in the water, but they did. They hit it in the water. Okay. Yeah. And then what do they do? If you watch players when they're playing well, they tend to get it and give themselves an eight to 10 footer for par at worst. Mm-hmm. But when they're playing poorly, that tends to be 15 to 20 feet. And it's really, really hard to play good golf when you're trying to save a bogey from 20 feet. Yeah. So I find that they're, they don't seem, they don't tend to, they're stubborn to their beliefs, but I also don't see that they tend to, um, uh, um, I don't say capitalize. They don't compound their errors very much. Okay. Yeah. So because not all, but a majority of my audience is junior golfers. Mm-hmm. Is there something you've seen in junior golfers that uh, they should be more aware of, I guess? I think, I think the, the first thing to do is if you have a bad day, okay, you're at a tournament and after COVID and you're, you know, everyone's sitting around and you have a bad day, learn to own it. Don't make excuses. Nobody cares what happened, really. And when they ask you, if you stand outside of a scoring tent and they say, what'd you shoot? What's your score? Those people say, well, it could have been this. It could have been that. Who, nobody cares. Right. Um, and at the same way, I don't want you to like, hurry up, get in your car, call your coach, yell and scream, get mad, find the nearest driving range. Sometimes the best thing to do after making a mistake is just sit there for a little while and sit in it. And if you can learn to be the guy, the girl that goes and can sit down with everyone else and be, I don't want, I don't want you to be okay with playing bad but I want you to know that the results are okay because at that point you can't do anything about them. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of throwing a fit and looking like an idiot and apologizing, nobody cares. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but no one really cares. No one cares if you, you know, missed a short putt and that it was the difference between a good score and a bad score, or nobody cares about any of that stuff. What I want you to do instead is like learn to deal with it. So what? So what? Yeah. You know what? Show up the next day and show up like you're the boss. Okay? If you can do that, then what happens is the negative things are not that bad. Yeah. Well, man, that that is harder than it sounds. It is. But what happens is because we in junior golf, everybody thinks your best day is the day you have to have every day. And everybody thinks, oh, I got to be the best tomorrow. I got to... I got to, I need, everyone needs to see how good I am, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you show them how good you are by showing up after a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. So, some good, good tips. Uh, so, let's dive in more into uh, one of the systems you have and offer mm-hmm. the uh, attacker golf system. Uh, so, mm-hmm. let's start off with what, what is it? So, attacker was a, Oops, sorry. Attacker was a golf system that I put together um, based on. So I had somebody ask me, "What do you do when you work with your players?" And it was a good question because 
I hadn't really thought about it, right? I just kind of was doing my job and, and I treat everybody unique and different, but that doesn't help when you're trying to sell something that can help people who can't come see you. So right. we put it together on a product. We put it to, to together on a, um, on a, on a web, uh, you know, like a distance learning style approach, an online program. Mm-hmm. And it follows, uh, what I call my system, which attacker stands for, um, assessment, right? So you got to figure out what's going on and mm-hmm. what you can do better. Um, the first T is training. The second one is how you test your training and test your readiness. Um, the next A is anticipation for competition. The C is to compete. Um, the K is knowledge building. And then the R is to reinvest. And you follow that cycle. What you do is you start building a, a competitive programming game plan to help you be successful. Yeah. So who so it's a bunch th- of videos. Yeah. It's great. So who do you think it's uh, suited for? Every golfer who plays. For. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and the reason I say that is we can all learn something in each situation we're in. Okay. Um, and, and what, what we have to do, um, you know, they, it, it is to learn our way. Our interaction is, is, uh, it's really to me a process of finding your fingerprint finding your process, finding mm-hmm. the way you go about doing things. And that's what attacker will teach you how to do. It's not going to give you the answers. It's going to show you how to find the answers yourself, but that's always much more powerful. Yeah. So on top of, uh, all of this, you're also an author. Uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, the Mindside manifesto. Yeah. The Mindside manifesto was, came about because, um, I wanted people to understand kind of how I got to the place I'm at and really the learnings that I went through. And the biggest learning was, is learning how to fight for what you want. Like, it's not bad to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not bad to say, I want to go out there and compete. I want to be the top player on my team. Fine. Then do the work. Yeah. That's what it's all about in my opinion. So I think a lot of people are really afraid to uh, admit what they want. And so as a result, I just kind of go through the motions, but the, the hardest thing is for us to be willing to lay it all on the line and say, I'm going to go for it. And that's what I want you to do. And the mindset manifesto gives you some, some clues on how to do that, but also how to tap into what's important for you. Um, and, and more importantly, um, how to focus, how to build a game plan and so on. And it's based on my story. Yeah. So, so you've, written another book called the game plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does it tie into the mindside manifesto? Yeah. So there was a a chapter uh, in the book that looked at kind of what we were talking earlier about how our, um, our mindset and our belief in ourselves is really the core of everything that we do. And one of the team members ahead of my office said, you know what, we need to make that entire chapter a workbook. And so that's what it is. We broke it down in each level And the game plan is how to build a game plan from your belief set so that every challenge you face, every scenario you go up against, you have a a belief and a game plan to approach it. And it's a workbook. And it's, a you know, one of the things that some people don't like workbooks, they don't like the work part of the book, Um, but it is Mm -hmm. really, really good. And it's something that's good. So it's kind of a nice add on to it. I think it's great. Yeah. So something I, I like to do sometimes is I like to ask my guests, what are 
I, I, I really enjoy reading um, all, all different kinds of books, but what are three books you recommend everyone read? Uh, I think the first book would be The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I love that. Okay. Um, it's a book that helps you understand how the challenges and the stresses that are in front of you are uh, ways to help you be better. Um, I would say another book that I really like is a book called Unbroken. Um, it's a, okay. auto, it's a, bi- a biography of a guy by the name of Louis Zamperini. Louis Zamperini was an Olympic, Olympic runner who ended up enlisting in World War II. And we went from the Olympics to being a prisoner of war. Um, and there's a lot more to it than that. Um, but I think that is really, really critical. Um, and, and, you know, third book, um, you know, if you're looking at golf, um, you know, maybe, maybe one of Dr. Rotella's books, golf's not a game of perfect. I love that. I love vision 54's work too. Lee and Penn, uh, uh, P and Lynn, um, do a brilliant job. And I think they, they just do some really wonderful stuff, but I think golf is not a game of perfect is just fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a core component of what we have done in the mental game for a long time. And Dr. Bob Rotel is a genius at it and he's been around forever and he keeps getting better and better. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check those out. Uh, when people ask me for books, I always recommend the three, uh, grit by Angela Duckworth. Yep. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Great one. And the dip by Seth Godin. Very, very good. All of them are good. And that's the thing is, is I love, I'm not a big reader. I read it. I say that I'm not one of these people that reads a book a week when I, I'll listen to some books on audible. Um, and then when I, I get dialed in, I'll listen to, and then I get on a run where I start listening to more and more. Um, and, but I love them and there's so much great information out there between podcasts, books. I use a lot of videos when I work with players, I, you know, I'll send them a video to watch that allows them to reinforce what we've been talking about. So all of those are really helpful. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered a lot of really, really uh, quality information in this episode. Uh, where can people find out more about you? You know, they can go to brettmccabe.com and that's B-H-R-E-T-T-M-C-C-A-B-E. And uh, you, can, you can learn everything I've got there. You can find out about the attacker program. You can find out about the books. You can also read some free blogs that I have and and get you to my podcast and things like that. So it's all there and, and follow me on social media as well. Well, awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining me. Thank you very much for having me.